All right, let's get the panel in here. <clears throat> I mean, normally when I have a featured guest or the special guest, I usually like bring on the panel. But I, you know, I figured because usually the featured guest is like within the the nerdy nerdyism. I just wanted to keep the interview just strictly them, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully get we'll see if uh, if any of the dudes, any of the guys, are going to be uh, joining right now. I'm sending them the links right now, guys. See if they join. So anybody, anybody else? I think that's it. Now, nah. okay. So I think we're good. All right. But yeah, there we go. All right, it's cool. So we do. Uh, all right. So we definitely got that. Let's see. Let me go ahead and set this up and join the stream. I'm telling you. They really need to expand that universe. They really need to expand that universe, man. I'm, I'm telling you. I want to see more. I definitely want to see uh, more of uh, what they were establishing there. I was really pleasantly surprised. Such a refreshing, like, unique Christmas movie, especially that deals with Santa Claus. All right, we got Mr. Stephen Colbert. What's up, buddy? Hey. How's it going? Good. How you oh, doing? What the fuck? I'm, like, baffled right now. I can see your hair. <laughs> yeah what the fuck that is i i um i couldn't find my actually no you i did find it but it i i i wasn't wearing it earlier today um and then uh i don't know i could tell you the whole story but it involves me looking for a beanie and not finding it and then finding it so i, I think you just thrilling, told the story right there the yeah. thrilling character arc yeah oh my god i mean i mean i'm sure you can make it intense but uh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's only a few, so many stories out there, right? Man loses a hat, man finds a hat, man goes on a journey to find a hat, right? So, it, it all, you know, it falls it right all, into that. Yeah, it all depends on the gamut. score, though. If you have a good score, it could really, you know, sound like a really <laughs> great story. But, uh, right. But, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. I totally just removed you. I don't know. <laughs> no. Wow. It's like, oh, like, enough hat talk. I know. I'm like, man. Nah, especially I, if you can get Mel Gibson to play the guy looking for the hat, like, that'd be a great. Dude, have you have you watched yeah. Fat Man? I have not. I was mad. I was gonna try to watch it um earlier, and I, it's just it's been busy. It's but, fine. Um, that's that's kind of why I was like, you know what? All right, I'll just interview them, and then you know, no, we interviewed it for was about a, an hour and a half, and then I was like, all right, when the panel comes in, we'll just I'll just kick them out. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a great it was a great interview, and I I was already interested in the movie, like the trailer sold me on it, Dude, but hearing them talk about fun. it even more. Um, it, so, like, it sounds like they have like almost like a John Wick style, like mythology, like they're definitely the Santa Claus stuff. Like, and I love it when they do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I was telling them, it was like the biggest thing that I was like, that I took from it. It was like, because most movies that revolve around Santa Claus is you always have that subplot of dis disbelievers in this world that they crafted. is like, everybody just knows that there is a Santa Claus, no matter how right. old you are, there's a Santa Claus and right. there's no well, and or anything. Yeah, and it's not to me. It's not just that decision that fascinates me, but but that's like a domino of yeah. of decisions that uh, of things that that affects. Um, and um, and that kind of world building is just fascinating to explore. Of of like, okay, so not just it does does everyone know Santa Claus exists, but then um, there's so many other things that that are just kind of inherent 
with that, that that would be just so so cool to see especially like the more you were talking about like sequels and stuff i was like man i haven't seen the first one yet but the idea of like a shared universe is tantalizing dude i mean they totally could i mean like i said i i can't wait to what till you see it just to see how grounded it actually is i mean i was like wondering i'm like okay so how are they gonna treat this like when he does go out on his one night of big time work how do they treat that and it's just it's so fucking like quick and grounded that you're like okay that totally makes sense with this mel gibson santa claus and then i'm like is there gonna be a workshop with elves oh there is oh and they make it work oh they make they do make it work it's not all you know colorful and just like oh my god there's tinsel and you know gingerbread houses everywhere and blah 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 it's just like it, it, it and they really just grounded it like it's a fucking business and the fact that you know the the plot were you know half the kids are pieces of shit so the workshop is not making as much toys as they usually do you mm -hmm. know so he has to take on this other contract and it just i'm like and we even talked about that scene there's like a certain scene where where uh where mel gibson was like the, i guess they really connected on how they wanted to approach that scene where it's comedic but also like a very it's just a very good scene and then you got walton goggins which he's just one of those guys yeah. like i said he just shows up and you're like i like walton goggins he's always good even though with the movie sucks i like walton goggins yeah yeah anyways we got mr chris wong swenson <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> i love the fact that you are pouring right now oh, no you way. gotta show that bottle you gotta show that <laughs> bottle sir because i know it's you got some of the good stuff there look at that yeah, looked online weird. and it was like this is like uh, I think it's like a three hundred or four hundred dollar bottle. <laughs> yes, you got the good stuff tonight, man. I was like, yeah, look at yeah. you. Yeah, What's and then the other one is um, the other one is also scotch. So you're drinking scotch tonight. I mean, we we're not gonna yeah. have yeah. See, we're old. not gonna have, we're not gonna Very have scotch old. tonight, badly, but oh, no, I was actually wondering. I wanted. I want, <laughs> I want Scott's opinion on it. I, I know. Like, sadly, Brian McClellan's opinion on this. Sadly, it's uh, yeah. He's he uh he uh made it be known that he's got an early basketball game for his son tomorrow, so he wasn't oh. gonna make it tonight. So we don't we, we don't get to hear that uh that sexy voice of his. Sadly, but it's okay. We'll make do without him. Oh, that's gotta be delicious. That's just smooth. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that is. Yeah. So uh. Have you seen Fat Man? No, I haven't. I wanted to see Fat Man. Yeah, you guys got to watch it. I'm I wanted you. to see. I remember when that trailer came out, I thought it was a parody. Like, <laughs> it I thought someone like did a fan film. I'm like, that's a pretty good fan. Oh, it's a real movie? <laughs> Do you guys know the, uh, the, I was hoping Dave would bring up the Weird Al song, The Night Santa Went Crazy. Oh, damn. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Um. I mean, not that it's exactly the same, but just the idea of like Santa Claus and guns and stuff. Um, I was going to say the other thing is um, like story stuff and, and all that aside. Um, it makes me more excited to see a movie like that and hearing guys like that talk about it. And just they, yeah. they were really genuine, cool dudes who like I just love people who make movies because they love it and they're like passionate about it. And and in, in a very like they're very pragmatic and business minded. And I loved hearing them talk about like the process of building up their years. I mean, their sort of portfolio and, and yeah. kind of working the, and, and like that, that stuff is all fascinating, but just to know that they're like, um, like they, <laughs> um, they literally do the, um, the, um, 
uh oh shoot what what's the um the room throwing a football while they write a script thing like <laughs> oh yeah yeah i know you're talking um, about um yeah. The Tommy Wiseau throwing it. I mean, yeah, oh, I, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, but I, I thought uh, that's awesome that they just like that, the the kind of story jamming and stuff, and like the, I, that always makes me enjoy the movies like that even more, knowing that it's not just a, um, I don't know, not that not that that something like that would ever be like a shameless cash grab, but just that it's 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 two dudes that like cl- clearly love um, love cinema, and we're so passionate about like picking Mel's brain about. Like I think the first thing he mentioned was Apocalypto when he was listing the things they had questions about, and I was like, yeah. "Yes, because like that movie doesn't get talked about often enough. That movie is insane. It does not. It does not. And yeah, that movie is absolutely insane. I mean, the fact that when, when he when he mentioned picking pick, pick the brain of Mel, he didn't even mention Lethal Weapon. I was the one that mentioned Lethal yeah. Weapon. He, he talked about you know Hacksaw Ridge and you know and um, uh, I forgot what the other one that he uh, he mentioned too. He might have mentioned Braveheart, probably. I think he mentioned Braveheart okay. as well. But it's just, uh, you know, picking his brains. And then, of course, you know, somebody in the chat was like, "Oh, did did you guys talk about Passion too?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, we heard about it. We know what what you know." They couldn't disclose exactly what Mel told him, but the fact that Mel was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna do this." Jim Caviezel, <laughs> we're gonna do a Passion of the Christ. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I'm curious to see because like I mean like I said like I brought up it's like when you pitch that first film, I mean I I I just wonder I want to I want to be a fly on the wall when it comes to Mel pitching that fucking first film. Well, and, and it's I, such a curious question of of like a sequel to that that I has I've just always been fascinated by is that it's it's a totally it's a different genre. Yeah, it's not even together. Pain like as, provided you take the same like because his his thing with the first was like this ultra realistic like the language was authentic. Hey, hey, man. hey, what's up, buddy? Um, what's going on? Hey, <laughs> but yeah, like language was was authentic, and obviously he was. Um, I don't know. I think some people said he may have gone a little bit overboard on the on like the the blood, but um, <sighs> but from as far as I understand it, you know, there was a, there was a dedication to realism with all that, and so if he goes for that kind of same, here's what the text says, here's how that would be realistically, like that the forty days from like that he after he he rises to rising like he ascends into heaven after like 40 days he's just like going around like blowing people's minds with miracles and he's like anyway peace out and so like so whenever people talk about it they're like oh it's this epic gonna blow your mind thing and it's like well how do you i'm not saying that's exactly a boring story but the idea of like if you take that same sense of realism some people would say it's a that's a that's a boring story so how do you how do you turn that into like this epic thing people are talking about I'm very but curious. What does the sequel sounds like, though? Because he ended when he rose from the dead. Yeah, you see yeah. him. That's what I'm saying. So, so if so, if they follow the Bible like as like religiously, uh, um, as they did in the in the first movie, there's there's like 40 days there where he's just like going around proving to people that he's alive, doing miracles and right. and teaching and stuff. But like he just, he doesn't get put on a cross again. Like there's no like there's there's not that same like intense action. I mean, if they go past it and do like the um and they do like the like Pentecost or something, that's some crazy stuff. That would be crazy to see. Yeah. Like um, flames over people's heads and speaking in tongues and more people performing miracles. Like they did, like do like an Avengers movie with the disciples. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Like you know, but but that but if they stick if they stick just with Jesus. 
I don't know. Like, I'm never going to say Jesus is boring, but like, that's, that's it's totally different from like the the intensity that you get from the first one. There's not that same kind of drama. So I'm fascinated yeah. to know what they, how they kind of get something epic out of that. I'm just, I'm just surprised Jim Caviezel wants to actually do it again. Didn't he get like struck by lightning? He twice? did. <laughs> really? Not, really? Not once, not yeah. once, but fucking twice. Twice. Yeah, <laughs> that just tells you something right there. That's a little creepy. The fact that everybody's a fucking critic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my god. I mean, even yeah, you know who was criticizing that movie? Like, really, you're gonna make this movie? Well, have some of that. Well, he hasn't like, done wow. anything since like Person of Interest. I don't even know if Person of Interest is still going on, right? Oh, I don't uh, know. Yeah, is that how you say his name? So, he's yeah, he's one of those guys that like shows up don't get a lot of work and you can't tell if it's yeah. because yeah. they're like blacklisted or if it's because he's not uh, he's not without talent yeah. but dudes yeah. like like him tend to uh um like their participation slows down and i can never tell if it's the, if it's them like no i don't want to work with you Hollywood oh. types or if if there's a you know something else going on but i mean like the, or something like that the what Frequency. That's the best. That's that's my favorite yeah. movie. To attend. Yeah. Uh, movie Frequency is that's an awesome movie. If anybody hasn't seen Frequency, watch Christian that. Movie. Yeah. Did you say Christian Slater? What did you say? No, I said Frequency. Oh, I thought Fre- you said Christian Slater. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just my accent. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, no, he was not. That was Dennis Quaid. Was his dad. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. I was about to school you, Ben. No, but uh, yeah. no, but yeah, it's it's a great. You know, kind of time travelish movie, a unique time travel. Well, it's not really even time travel. It's just, you know, it's about I'm, yeah the uh, the what do they call the Northern Lights that just like you know tap into this fucking frequency, huh? You know, that where you can talk to his dad in the past, and then they're trying to yeah. It's it's a really it's a fucking fantastic movie. But uh, anyways, guys, uh, did anything happen this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing nothing major crazy or what what are we talking about? yeah did something happen no, uh, yeah obviously something happened so i'm kind of uh wow i just looking on twitter apparently there was an earthquake in uh, california i didn't feel it oh really yeah you know okay. you know what i just watched escape from la and uh you know the, the plot of escape from la starts off with the fact that la was had a massive earthquake and it broke off to the sea. I'm just waiting for that to happen because LA is a shithole. Anyways, um, no, but um, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts about how Warner Media just decided to, uh, you know, change the game? We knew it was coming, but the fact that it's there, right. yeah, yeah. What, do you think, what were your that thoughts? HBO Max subscription plan is kind of like that AMC plan where you you pay for so much you'll get movies. Like that yeah. every month. That's exactly yeah. what we're getting, and it's right to your TV. And I'm like, holy crap! And like you, you, Dave, you you mentioned that you know what happened in Mulan, and now went from PVOD to straight to pre. And I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, we better do something. Well, <laughs> I know? mean, it was, I mean, it was planned. I know. I remember, yeah, like, it was planned, but- they did say that. But I just wanted to make the joke because the you know just the fact it, it almost seemed like when they were planning this. Warner Media and HBO Max are like, we got to do it a day before Milan is free on on Disney Plus. It almost seemed like it was like that. I don't, I'm, it probably wasn't. I think it's just probably a terrible coincidence. But I just was like, the joke of the fact that yesterday we get this crazy news that 
basically just change the movie industry. Oh, and yeah. then today, Disney Plus is like, hey, you can watch Milan for free if you want. Well, and that was and that was already known. Yeah, it was already known. I just thinking about the thinking about the notion that that was um like plant like they like they did it intentionally knowing that that, that it was going to be in the news i i like that um i don't know yeah. if that's the case or not but i love the the um there's there's humor in them and i'm doing that yeah. i remember uh we had a conversation here in the vodka stream where uh we were discussing how they move all these movies to 2022 yeah. and i remember asking at that time did those uh movies getting pushed back was part of the changes that they were gonna do with the streaming. Uh, were they preparing for this? And that's how I felt back then. And and now it, that was that was actually exactly what it happened. They just move all those movies back to 2022. So AMC couldn't say anything about or any movie uh, uh, chain can say can say something about their uh, oh this movie is supposed to come out here uh, this year you cannot put it on the streaming, but now by pushing them like two years ahead and then say you know what never mind, and we're gonna put it on the streaming it's just like a big middle finger to to everyone, and they couldn't pick a better time to do this they couldn't wait, they couldn't do this two years ago and they couldn't do this three years from now. So let's say that they hypothetically they wait three years for the pandemic to be over. The the movie theaters are not going to allow them to do this, or they could I mean, play movie theater, really, uh, hardball. If they waited three years, what they what that would have been realistically is them just waiting until the movie theaters were no longer around to complain about it, right? Um, but and, but that's, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of complication there, but like. That's that's kind of the, the bottom line that I think a lot of people aren't considering is it's being weighed as if it's like, oh, on one hand, you could have gone back to the movies as normal in 2021 and all of these movies would have made a billion dollars. No. On the other hand, you're putting them all on streaming. It's like that is not that is a that is a false dichotomy. Yes. Yeah. Like that we are not comparing them all going at HBO Max same day versus what they would have made in the because they, they wouldn't have. Yeah, they would have made more than they, they didn't. You know, they would have in 2020. But I mean, we're still talking like, I don't know, 50%. I would be surprised if it was like 50% of the, of the box office, like what they would have made in 2019. And they'll make half of that um, in 2021. I think um, 2022, maybe things will be back more, but like there, there is not a eager market waiting to, to go see, especially something like, um, I don't know. I don't want to throw Godzilla versus Kong under the bus because I really love it. But you look at how these other MonsterVerse movies are doing, right. and it's not a sure thing. Sorry, Chris. No, um, <laughs> and so, like, you look at what happened to MonsterVerse, and like, what you want to put the sequel to MonsterVerse out into the post-pandemic box office when it could be an HBO Max exclusive? Not, it's not exclusive, but it, when it could be HBO Max same day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and and especially when like Netflix revenue in 2019 was more than disney's theatrical box office revenue and that was the year that disney i believe they set the all-time box office record for single from a single studio it was like 13 billion dollars or something like that um and netflix revenue was 20 billion um now they're like you know three times bigger than, than disney plus but the point is these streaming services are are the bread and butter of the future of this of this industry and so like warner media wanted to do that anyway 
the pandemic kind of just made it happen sooner. sooner. Um, and, uh, um, and it's like, no, they're not going to get the box office they want from that, but you're going to get more, um, uh, you know, if you get, if you get someone that subscribes for a year, you're going to get more total dollars from them than you would have if they, you know, the average person doesn't go to the, the movies 12 times a year, but if they subscribe to HBO max for, for 12 months, they're paying you more times. Also, average ticket prices in the United States are are ten dollars. So yeah. that's a fifty percent increase in in revenue per person. And Warner Media keeps all that money. They're not splitting it uh, like they're not like letting distributors take forty percent of it or whatever they're whatever they're taking. Um, and uh, and like I said, it, th- these movies were gonna not make what they should have in in theaters anyway. And when you're talking about streaming, as I always mention, like with Netflix, like Netflix is eleven billion dollars in debt from making Adam Sandler movies so that they can have a back catalog of movies to attract, to, to attract subscribers. And like in the streaming wars, there is value in that. So we're not even talking like, yes, these movies will be monetized now, possibly better than they would have been, but also they don't have to be, this is a debt decision for the sake of growing the platform for their future revenue model. When the box office is, you know, 20% of what it has been historic. I mean, 2017 was the lowest theater attendance in like 25 years or something. Like we're not exactly talking about like, even in a good year, we're not talking about um, like peak box office revenue. So um, I don't know. I mean, the, the, there are, there are more nuances than that, but I think that um, it was, it was, it was necessary. And um, I think that, people are going to use the wrong metrics to compare everything. They're going to say, what could this have made in theaters when they're not considering like if HBO max gets, if they can grow their subscribers to, if they can double their, their, their subscriber base, they've got like 36 million. Now I think if they can grow to like 70 million in the next year, which I admit is a stretch, but like if you compare that to like the number of people that see these movies domestically, it's not really that, that drastic. And I think it's a pretty like, for example, Every single person you've ever heard say, oh, I'm going to wait for that on streaming. They're now a day one customer, yeah. right? Along with the people who are already day one customers. Um, and so if you can get all those people to subscribe to HBO Max for a year, you're averaging a billion dollars per all of these releases that they're putting in theaters. And that includes, I mean, I'm saying average, that includes <laughs> Tom and Jerry. That includes like all these things that weren't, you know, weren't ever billion dollar contenders so well, when the service was released uh, on march they secured five billion dollars uh, for the next five years and uh, if you add all these movies that they already throw into the mix they don't accumulate a billion dollars worth of product so they already expend in that this is was what eight eight months ago roughly so if you're gonna go do the math one billion a year they already more than they already spend what they were supposed to spend for this first year and at the same time they're getting like this quality product because they could they could have just wait wait it out and put out these little tv shows that they currently do which they're pretty good by the way but they weren't getting those temple movies the only movie that we that was talked about was Zack Snyder's Sleep. All of a sudden, Wonder Woman has been thrown into the mix, and now the entire slate is coming thrown into the mix. It's going to be interesting well, to see, like when 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 they break it down, because I mean, we we can't forget that the, these movies are still going to be released in the theaters. 
you know, and I'm right, right. And I'm really hoping, even when I was talking to the the Nelms brothers, you know, we we're all really hoping that there's still going to be a pretty good, significant showing from the audience in these movie theaters because they just want to get the fuck out of their house. You know, get the fuck. I'm mean, like, I'm so tired of like watching shit on my couch. I just want to go somewhere. I don't care if I have to wear a hazmat goddamn suit just to go watch it. You know, <laughs> they're going to do it. They're just going to, they're going to do it. And I'm kind of curious to see like this experiment of, you know, we're going to find it out in a, you know, a couple of weeks with Wonder Woman. It's like, how much is it going to make, you know, in the, in the, in the box office well, and how much are, well, how are they going to look at it when the analytics, when it comes to streaming? And that's one oh, movie that was such a pain in the ass already. because <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah. Even you probably but, yeah yeah. It's gonna be a pain. Well, it's gonna be such a pain in the ass because people are gonna be comparing like. Yeah. First of all, they're gonna be projecting. Here's what it should have made in yep. theaters. Yeah, it should have yeah. made a billion dollars in theaters, and then yep. but it only made you know ten million dollars um in the um at the box office, and and then they're gonna say like how many subscribers did it bring to hbo max they're gonna do all this back at the napkin math and they're gonna be like that translates into 500 million dollars in a theatrical run and it's like that none of that math matters like you can't you, you can't do the math that way and it's it's going oh man it's gonna drive me crazy but <laughs> um um i i do think it's really interesting though that like you're the people were already staying home to watch streaming content instead of going to the theaters because yeah. streaming service, you can binge something new every week. There's pretty good blockbusters coming out frequently. The cost of building a home theater is getting cheaper and cheaper. And yep. um, as, um, as probably everyone here is familiar with, except Dave um, it's, if you have kids, <laughs> it is like 70 bucks to yes. go see a movie. Okay. That was my thing. Um, that was my argument when, you know, like as much as uh, I don't really like the premium thing that Disney was doing, but I was at the same time going, well, if you actually were to take in, like, if you were to take in the cost that would go to, to a movie theater, you'd probably be paying more than that fucking $30 premium. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, to, yeah. To, to your point, Stephen, because you, you were going to say something about uh, going to the movies with your kids. And that's something that. <laughs> You have to take in cons into consideration when these movies comes out. Like for instance, uh, Marvel had this stupid policy of putting a, a blockbuster every fucking month, <laughs> and this, it, in each of those movies, it sucked the air out of it, the fucking room. Nothing yeah. else makes money. So if I go in with my wife and my kids, and I'm spending like one hundred and fifty dollars, I'm not going back there to see Bob's Burger the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So anything even that if you decide to leave budget, your kids, what's, you were going to say, even if you decide to like not take your kids to the movie, like even if you're going to go like take your wife, um, and and like leave your kids at home, you're talking about uh, depending on where you are. I mean, you've got a, a couple hours, three hours probably minimum yeah. of of babysitter, um, like that 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 gets expensive too. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, or you can navigate the like, Hey, why don't you stay home with the kids and I'll go to a movie? Like, like nobody, <laughs> like, no, I'll pay the $70. Like that's going to be <laughs> right. Like, yeah. um, and, uh, I mean, um, and so this turns all those people who are like currently staying home. Like if you're, so if you're already staying home because theaters are, are too expensive and you have a home theater and you'd rather watch, um, uh, what was like the, um, like what was that Hemsworth movie? Um, 
It doesn't oh, matter. Extraction. Oh, extraction. extraction. But yeah, extraction, so you're yeah. gonna watch something like that on on Friday instead of instead of going to the theaters because it's a new action movie with a big star. You can watch it on the big screen at your at your home theater for no extra charge. Don't have to pay for babysitters, um, etc. Um, and and then someone tells you like, oh hey, instead of seeing that, you can see a movie that was made to be seen in the movie theater, um, with even more stars than Extraction. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just it's just the cost of another streaming service. By the way, that the HBO Max's back catalog is way better than just about anybody else's. Also, um, mm-hmm. and so the big thing that they've been lacking, like compared to like Netflix or whatever, is the new content. And so this not yep. only gives them a new content, this gives them the best new content. This has, that gives them content that is like, like exactly. imagine if if all of a sudden, like like he was um, on. Um, uh, before we got on the show, they were talking about how the DVD market got decimated. Yeah. Um, imagine how much that DVD market would have been like the, the straight to DVD market would have been yeah. decimated. Like not just the market itself, but imagine if the response to the DVD market being decimated was to send theatrical films to DVD day of release. So the market is already suppressed and then you flood it with brand new movies that are also in theaters. What happens to that stuff that was engineered to be seen? Um, via like the you know the, the small budget stuff that is um that's uh that was that was made to be um directed rental or, or whatever um it's it's just gone like you just destroy that market it's gone um because you're leveraging you know I, I'd, I'd be curious about what the total budgets of these movies are but i mean i bet we're talking like um several billion dollars in investment that would have gone to um gone to theaters is now going into um into hbo max and the content the average content is quality is way higher than like anything else that's streaming exclusive hmm. did One you that was... exclusive sorry <laughs> i clean that guy out of course like, sorry go ahead ben <laughs> I, i've seen this story before and it's not a good one because i i like everybody here here i enjoy going to the movies I mean, yeah. I bought my Wonder Woman tickets because I want to see it on the movie screen. Lucky. But, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Dude, I can't Kelly. fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, when I was a little kid, uh, you guys know, uh, well, probably you don't. I, I was born in the Dominican Republic, and there was a, I lived in this little town. There was two movie theaters. We didn't have cable. And those two movie theaters were the shit to do every weekend. When cable came those two movie theaters shut down. Dang. So you see what I'm saying? Like this, yeah. this is what's going to repeat. I don't want movie th- cinemas to die, but this is going to become this, this move by Warner media, Warner, AT&T is going to, has viscerated their notion that we're going to get any, the movie theater experience. Like, as, like, like we used to know. Well, like, been, right. well like, and, but the notion that that was going to survive even without COVID is a little misplaced, I think, also. True. That's um, true. Now, too. obviously, it would have lasted a lot longer, but yeah, yeah it's accelerated in, in, the process. In a way, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go as far as to say this, but I think in a way it could be even said that COVID maybe might be this, the long term saving grace of the, of the theater industry in some way, in that it is forcing them to make drastic adaptations now. Instead right. of kind of continuing to see lower and lower attendance for another decade until all of a sudden it's too late yeah, and everyone has built a home theater and is seeing streaming stuff. 
um, and then now they can't compete anymore. Whereas now they're like, okay, no, we need to make changes now to make it um, safer and more attractive for people. Um, and also we need to scale differently. We can't engineer ourselves assuming, um, you know, billion dollar movies hitting the box office every week. So how do we make that revenue possible? Well, theaters are going to like group events more and they'll say, book a screen to watch anything with you and your friends. And they're, you know, they're doing, and they're going to recliners to, uh, which is cutting the, um, theater size down and and they're doing all sorts of stuff like that to say, okay, we're going to restructure our business model to allow us to survive with lower revenue. Um, whereas before it was like, no, we're going to have 150 people in a, in a, in an each, each screen. And we're going to like, you know, all this stuff that's like, now it's just not, it's not yeah. practical. It's like, it's like if you own a Lamborghini and then like you move to the, like into the, the city and you're like, okay, well, I'm just like, I'm not parking this on the street and I'm <laughs> yeah. not driving this in not, traffic. Fucking <laughs> traffic. Right. Yeah. No, you, tra- yeah, you trade it in for a, for a, for a Jetta and like, <laughs> and, and then you're great, right? Your, your, your car payments lower, your gas mileage is better. Like everything is better, but like you have to make that, you know, you have to make that transition and, and theaters weren't, and that was causing them to shrink. And now, um, in a in a tragic way, they're kind of forced to make that decision ahead of time, and and HBO is kind of pushing their hand too. But yeah. you know, uh, or, um, but they're also like saving their own skins here because yeah, you look at this. If you look at content as like inventory, and this is like what they're selling. Literally, mm-hmm. they took a year of inventory and just like put it yeah. on the shelf. It yep. eliminates their cash flow. Businesses yep. don't go bankrupt because they they don't turn a profit. Look at Netflix; yeah. they're you know billions and billions of dollars in debt and growing. You don't have to make a profit to be a successful business you have to have cash flow to have mm-hmm. a successful business. And like um, the majority of businesses go out of um, cl- like small businesses or any size go out of business in the, like the first five years and they have to fold. And it's not because of profit issues. It's because of cash flow issues. And, and when you just turn it off and then yeah. you're like, okay, just, just hang out, just, you know, sit tight and will people go to movies again eventually? No, that's not going to happen. And, nope. and you, when you're, you're Warner media and you don't have a booming streaming service in place already, like, you know, and that's it, the it point. just vanishes. Your revenue is that's, gone. That's the this point I brought up like, today. It was it, like, I mean, with, with the whole AMC, you know, AMC's pissed again. You know, yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. the first time they're pissed when Universal, Universal? talked about when they when they were talking about the three week thing. Yeah, AMC got pissed, and it was just like, you know, it just seems like every every company is just trying. You know, they're just looking out for themselves. I mean, Warner Media is yeah. going, hey, we need an alternative. This is what it is, and mm-hmm. it's going to be probably you know Disney Plus. Who knows? They're probably going to follow suit. It's only a matter yeah. of time before they oh, follow yeah. suit. All competition will have and, to. And then I even brought up the point too. It's like, why are you getting pissed off at mainly Warner Media? You should probably be getting pissed off about you know these politicians that keep your fucking doors shut. You know, like in the big markets. Yeah. I mean, you got California. I mean, there's there. I mean, there's data out there that shows that 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 movie theaters aren't super spreaders. You know, they're not the, you know, these uh, places that you're going to go in there and you're going to fucking get sick. You know, there's that there's there's been studies over this. I mean, there's been so many studies about so many things over this time that we've been, you know, in this thing that nobody's like wanting to pay attention to. It seems I don't know why it doesn't make sense. I don't know if there's narratives out there, agendas or whatever the fuck. But I'm almost like, okay, AMC. Yeah, I can understand you're pissed off at Warner Media, but you should be more pissed off mainly at the people that are keeping your doors shut. I don't know. That's just yeah. Me. Well, and very little of this. I mean, avoid getting too political about yeah. everything because it's all complicated. But very little of the actions being taken are are 
science based, I think, as as they would call it. Yep. Um, some of them are, but some of them, like, for example, movie theaters, it's all the perception of like what people perceive to be science based because you need to get as like you're you are a governor and you're put in charge of a state and you're not only told protect people's lives, but you're also told to make people feel safe. Right. And so you could close down all the places that science says to close down and and people would actually be safe. But you still got like. You've still got people that are that are complaining or upset or, or feel unsafe because theaters are open and they and they the perception, you know, you could, you could bang that drum all day that say theaters aren't super spreaders. But the notion of people packing into a room has people thinking like that's why people aren't going even to the theaters that are open. And so um, and so there's a there's a political element to it as well of it's not just about close the places that are actually spreading, but make people, um, you know, close places that, that are going to make people feel like you're doing a good job as a yeah. leader because you're going to be evaluated yeah. based on how strictly did you react. And let's say the numbers for your state are going up and it's not the fault of theaters, but if you left theaters open, it's going to look like you were soft on COVID yeah. and responsible for mm -hmm. people dying. It's yeah. like, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I empathize with them because <laughs> I think I'm, but it's, it's a difficult position to be in. If you're said you're responsible for making these people feel safe, you know, and then, <laughs> I was amazed at how this news came out, like how they planned this whole thing, or I don't know what plan, but like how they said, okay, Wonder Woman 84 is the only one we're going to do this. We're going to try it out. It didn't even come out yet. And then the next thing, instead of saying the next movie will be, they just went up and said a whole year. And they didn't yep. even tell the production companies. They didn't tell Legendary. They didn't tell all these. Oh, yeah. Companies. They didn't even tell AMC. Like, I've I was got like, a feeling wow. that this is the type of news that if it started to get out, like for example, if you noticed like the coverage that happened after the fact, they were interviewing like uh, like the trades were giving sources that were like filmmakers and their reaction and right. theater owners and their reaction. Um, and th if something like this had been in the works like for a long time and they decided to negotiate stuff beforehand, imagine the kind of leaks that would come out via the trades of people talking about Warner's plans and like the mm -hmm. PR damage. Like on one hand, you have the ability to come out and shock everyone and say, boom, everything is the same day and date. You control the narrative, right? Yep. But if you don't do that, then the other people set the narrative for you and yeah. you're going to get interviews with, and with anonymous directors and whoever that are like, Oh, they're, they're, um, complaining. They're killing theaters, and they have no regard for the for directors, and they're whatever. And like, I don't know. Like, you're damned if you do it, and you're damned if you don't. But the only right. way to make this happen without without insane leaks and all sorts of crazy politicking of um, executives who are losing back end yeah. uh, points from residuals over right. this and and stuff like that. Like, they they were going to go to war over the press if this wasn't done yeah. swiftly and like, a, like yeah. ripping off and the it will show your hand to the to the competition too because you don't want the competition exactly to win and like what you, yeah, yeah. What and, and arguably do. you could have given like i don't know i don't want to be too aggressive with my legal assumptions here but like oh, hypothetically could maybe like theater owners could press a suit and, and claim like antitrust or uh, not antitrust mm. but like um <laughs> if you look at like the supply like HBO Max is cutting off access of their inventory, not cutting off, but reducing access of their inventory to theaters in order to give preferential treatment to their distribution service, right? That in, in other contexts that could be considered 
um, um, like you, you're you're using it's like almost monopolistic, but it's it's not. I don't know. I don't know enough about the business law to, to say it. But... If it's your own product, though, hmm? how can it be? Mon- uh, how can it be if it's on? If it's your own product. Um, I don't know exactly what the law says. I just I always make my assumptions kind of based on what I know case precedent is, and so like and so the biggest one that I always think of is like when when like Microsoft got screwed over. Um, they it was like with Windows eight. Yeah, I they think, were putting Windows two thousand, and when they were they putting were IE on every iOS. I, yeah, I exactly. They were bundling, um, and because the whole po- the browser was designed around working hand in hand. It was like, I mean, it's really smart in twenty twenty. Looking back, it was like the thing to do at the time, Correct. right? Yeah. But um, but the act of force of taking their own product and baking it into another one of their products, um, uh, was it Netscape? Yeah, was it was that, Netscape that, was that the went down because they were pushing. Yeah, and so um, and so the courts intervened and said, no, you can't bundle or you can't bake Internet Explorer into Windows, and it like broke Windows. Or was it Windows ME? Is that what it was? It broke Windows yeah. ME, and everyone knows Windows ME sucked. That's why. That's why yeah, Windows that's why ME sucked. sucked and Internet Explorer sucked mm-hmm. is because they were supposed to be the same product, but because mm-hmm. it was um, it was it it hurt like netscape they claimed that it was um was it monopolistic is that what it was yeah but they um, never recoup so, after that anyway um yeah i mean microsoft made out fine but yeah um but i look at like that kind of case precedent and i wonder okay so what happens then when warner media says Back no we're going to put this stuff to hbo max first and that's going to negatively affect theaters which is like when theaters go down people are still going to go to um people are, you know, the content, people aren't going to stop watching stuff. Right. And so you are favoring HBO max with the content availability at the expense of theaters. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't don't know the law. I just know that like, I I wouldn't be shocked to see lawsuits in this arena. Yeah. That's an interesting point that you made about. Yeah. I'm Uh, curious about the actual content creators who want that theatrical, like Christopher Nolan. I know that was cited in one of the articles. Now he didn't, I don't think he said anything, but they mentioned that he could walk away from Warner, you know, Warner Media to go to another company to make movies from there if he was, like, if he wasn't, you know, notified and and talked about this. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder how much, you know, because he could make. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Where is he gonna go to Disney? They're not gonna give him the same liberties that he takes. Movies no, but he. I think what I saw, and I think has some good merit, is like Nolan has has less clout than he did before Tenet, but he does have enough clout to maybe <laughs> craft his own um, agreement with Warner Brothers that like everybody has to get their stuff sent to streaming except for him. Um, well, you know what? But it's it's weird how like he was like he was kind of like tempted. He was like teeter tottering with the whole Fortnite thing. Remember, he was showing like the trailer, you know, with Fortnite yeah. and blah blah blah. It was like he was almost kind of like, okay, let me kind of like dip my toe into this pool of like whatever this online shit is. And I mean, I, I, I mean, I remember when I was hearing about like, oh yeah, you could watch the uh, trailer for you know for Tenant on Fortnite, and I was like, what the fuck is that? That's random, you know. But it seemed like Nolan was kind of going. Well, let me just kind of dip my toe into this and see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I'm very <laughs> team Nolan in so many ways. I love film and I love the theatrical experience. Fuck but yeah. I, th- I, 
I don't know if I would be as hard line as him on that. And I think that um, maybe is he like, is he polishing the deck rails on the, the Titanic and maybe his efforts would be better put into like furthering home cinema tech, like make movies that make people want to build home theaters. Right. Oh. Or I don't know. I mean, it, it would be, God, I, so I get it. Like, how can you, how can you turn your back on, the existence of IMAX theaters, right? How can you what not dedicate, like if you're I mean, him, how can you not dedicate your career to making sure they have the, well, the, I mean, the, to the me, like, customers like, to stay IMAX, open? IMAX, like, IMAX theaters are going to be like, you know, they're going to be like amusement parks now. It's like, yep. yeah. you know, like all these small theaters, you know, I mean, there's a small theater that I have. It's like a Regal or I think it's a Regal or something like that. That fucking, that, that thing is not going to, who knows what's going to happen with that. And then I got the Harkins right there. I mean, there's no IMAX in my town and I'm like, okay, these movie theaters might not survive this, but anything that has an IMAX theater, they probably will survive because it's an attraction. You know, it's a, uh, it's something that people would actually drive to and spend the money for just to get that full on huge experience. But they're going to have to up their game too with like, you know, gourmet food, quality food that they could serve you. Wine and beers. <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that, that's one of the things too. I mean, obviously when we were talking at the beginning, I mean, I'm not with, I'm not in you guys, you know, with you guys when the whole, when you have to take the family to a movie theater, it's going to cost you like 70, 80 bucks because you're paying for the little ones. Uh, me, I'm just like, you know, when I go to the Harkins that serves beer, I'm like, that's, you know, that's 30 bucks right there just for me, for the movie ticket and two beers, you know, quality yeah. beers too, by the way. But I also th find it funny, and I brought it up in one of my videos too, is the fact that, you know, uh, any movie theater that has, that serves alcohol or beer, that's a whole separate that's a separate business. So like I could literally, uh, you know, buy a beer that's cheaper than a fucking, you know, large bag of popcorn because the <laughs> concessions are so goddamn high, you know, and it makes me wonder too. It's like, are any, well, that's how they make their beer? money. They don't make their money yeah. on, on ticket sales. That's yeah. the thing though. It's like, but are they going to cut costs? Probably not. Or they're just going to shut down fucking you know movie theater chains. Well, it's like how it's like how theaters like like theaters that have like dine in options have gotten yeah. so popular that I think that's the type of thing that will be more like the theaters of the future are going to be um, bar in the lobby, um, food that gets gets brought into you or you know however you have the recliner you have the food brought to you. Um, I don't know what else you could add to it. I've seen theaters that have like bowling alley is attached i'm not as much yeah. of a fan of that but like i thought like your point like about mm. i think i think like what would make sense almost is like a you charge for like admission <laughs> and then in there you have like what an arcade and and and, the, and i don't know i'm not i i will eat during a movie but like i'm not someone that's gonna like see a movie and then be like let's roll a roll a roll some bowling balls for an oh, hour yeah. afterwards yeah. Like, that's not me I so for a minute there i was like what roll what? poke at some theaters here <laughs> but I don't think I, it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, yeah. yeah. Well, and like the theaters that are like the dine-in theaters are usually overall, it's going to be cheaper than dinner and a movie, especially if you're paying for babysitters. Cause you don't have to do dinner. You know, you save an hour of babysitter pay yep. and the, um, I don't know if I'm going to say the food is cheaper, but like, you don't have to, there's, there is a, um, a, I don't know. The expense overall is just is is less. Labor. I guess maybe the food is cheaper or, or whatever. You don't have to tip as much. I don't know. Something like that. I didn't say that part about tipping. You probably have to tip the same amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tipping, too. tipping too. I know. 
But I mean, it's uh, it, it's. Right. I don't know how much more you can add to that theatrical experience. Like how you're, Stephen, you're saying that they have to adapt and they have to do something. Well, how much think, more can you do? I think like there's well, gonna be there's gonna be like elements of like uh, maybe movie theaters that have like oh do you want the drive-in uh, experience where you literally. <laughs> go into a car like your booth is a car like in fucking pulp fiction where they they had a booth that was a car but you're literally you're like an old style car and you have like oh there's a screen and you have you're in like a fucking 55 chevy or something like that that are makeshift thing oh. it's gonna oh, be like, look at like themes. I'm, themes. I'm not a fan of, i'm not a fan of elmo draft house because they've they've got all they had insane issues with like personnel and and um that's a long, long story about like all that stuff. 4D. But, um, but <laughs> what they've, um, the kind of culture they've created around those theaters, I think, is really impressive. Of, um, people know that if you go there, um, you're, you're like no one's gonna be talking on their phone. You're not gonna have kids, and like you don't have to. I, I will for certain movies have to choose different theaters. I know like, okay, if I'm at that theater at seven o'clock, there's going to be a baby in that theater. Um, or like, you know, I've, I've had to deal with that in the past. Like, like why, are, why are babies in theaters? Like why? God damn it, man. I know. I know. Yeah. That's one of the things that, I mean, I, I still remember like the, one of the worst ones that one of the worst experiences was I saw Ford V Ferrari. Okay. It's not a kid's movie. So, oh shit, something fell down. Um, Oh, wow. But, um, oh, Tyler. This move by itself. Your yeah. Funko Pop just fell over. Yeah, no, well, this. Oh, yeah, you're shaking. Really, okay. <laughs> really shake the table. Like, it turns pretty good. So, but no, I, I remember one of the worst things that, you know, when I saw uh, Ford v. Ferrari, it was literally on a Thursday night. It was at like nine o'clock at night. And, like, I, I don't know, this couple's kid decided who was like four years old was asleep for like the first hour and a half. And then the last, like, remaining time he was just like awake and full of energy and was running up and down and pounding on all the fucking backs of the of the chairs <laughs> i couldn't believe it we just lost steven i don't know what happened but um yeah i mean just bringing up like that whole thing and i'm just kind of I, I just remember just like always peeking up and looking at the uh the parents giving them like a dirty look like what the fuck are you doing i mean <laughs> you're gonna do something about your fucking I, I, can't, I can't i'm like Seriously, this is a biopic about cars, and you brought your kid here. He mm -hmm. was asleep for the first like hour and something minutes. Now he's up and he's fully charged. He's recharged and he's running <laughs> up and down the fucking aisle, pounding on the back of fucking on the back of the uh, of the chairs. Wow! Like, and you're not going to do anything about it. Like, what is wrong? I just I can't I I you know I can't fathom like if I you know. Whenever the time where I actually have a kid and I like go to the movie theater, I'm, I, it's gonna take a, probably take a while. Where I, I'm like, I'm gonna make sure like that kid is like gonna sit there the whole time and not be a pain in the ass. I can't tell you how many times I just like when I'm watching a movie and all of a sudden like you know, you know, 47 minutes in, all of a sudden you hear. Eh. That's why I like these. Uh, my local theater on Wednesdays when it, you know it's closed now, but on Wednesdays one thirty, it's like family day, family theater day. They, they throw on a cartoon or something, one of those, and you can have family in it. The lights are not totally dark. 
and mm-hmm. there's it's crazy though there's kids running or kids screaming or shouting and stuff like that but the the tickets are much cheaper um <laughs> but <laughs> and i think the kids are free so the, the oh my god i mean it, i just i don't understand i remember i remember one time i at the second time i saw the first deadpool movie i mean literally a couple came in with a stroller fucking oh, infant. Me, and my, me and my buddy were like are we f- are you fucking kidding me and then <laughs> sure enough, like 20 20 minutes in they were gone it's like thank you like what are you bringing what are you thinking what exactly are you thinking when i when i you know and that's <laughs> just I, there's there's an unwritten law of like hey come on and like anytime that i see like these couples bringing in a fucking infant into a movie theater i'm like you are selfish come yeah. on you are absolutely I did it one time and yeah, it was actually uh 300. I went to oh. say 300, <laughs> <laughs> which came out what like roughly 13 years ago, yeah, and like my son was about a year ago, like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I wow, took him yeah. in and I'm like, I tell my, my wife at the time, like, put him on your lap, he won't cry. <laughs> and the first scene that he saw when he woke up, uh, it was that. Uh, uh wolf, elder wolf? men that were with the oracle they had oh, his oh geez dude he just looked shit. up and just like it's like okay man i know to make a long story short my my wife so had, anyway. time, had to watch it on dvd <laughs> when he came out oh my god that's hilarious yeah, yeah go ahead we're I just got a question. Like in terms, kids. In terms of um, I, I've had this question asked, like, I know they said they said one year only, but who here thinks that they won't if it turns out well, they won't extend this into 2022? No, they they'll don't. keep it going. They'll keep it going, right? I mean, yeah. if, they, if it works well and they're a lot oh, yeah. of subscribers, the Batman you could literally have on HBO Max too. Yeah. They if def- this is if they had said this was their if this they if they had said this was their strategy going forward, theaters would have closed. Yeah. Uh yeah, like their their stock already plummeted, but like they just would have been yeah. done. It just would have been like boom, you're like also, the theatrical industry is over. Um, and so this kind of gives them a it gives them a year to be like, hey, you have a year to fix your stuff. Yeah. Um, but also like, you know, they're still they're still making a little bit. So it's like, okay, so now you are no longer just a distributor. You know, you are now a competitor. Give people a reason to see this for you instead of on HBO Max. What is better about seeing it there? Like, give them a reason other than a big screen. Um, yeah, gotta so. give them an experience. But yeah. I think you know what? Because I, I like the idea of uh, upgrading my um, my system here, which is pretty good. But I'm the probably thing is that. that. In, the whole experience about going to the movie theaters, smelling the popcorn, get, getting your juju beats, whatever it is that you're into, and just going sitting in front of this big ass movie screen and getting this whole vibe, like turning your phone off for an hour and a half or two hours and forgetting yeah. about everything else, and submerging it. yourself into the experience. That thing you can only have that when you go to the movie theaters. Here you have your phone and you like even when I love the movie that I'm watching. I'm hold, I'm looking at my phone, checking on Twitter, text, texting my kids, and my. <laughs> so it, it, it's adorable, Chris. Sorry, yeah, no, that was too cute. Right. 
Right. Right. <laughs> that was adorable. So, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I know. Yeah, yeah. Company. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, so no, keep going, Ben. Keep going, Ben. No, Sorry. I was just saying that it, it doesn't matter how great of a system you have in your in your house. It, it's just nah. not going to replace. It's never going to experience. Never gonna that. Although the movie theaters do have to improve whatever they have right now to make it appealing for people who are actually in a bind, whether I watch it at home or go to the movie theaters. Now you have to make it interesting for them to leave their homes and go watch it at the movie theaters. Yeah, I mean, like right. well, when you guys were talking about when I was refilling my drink, uh, what Chris said, it's like, oh, is this going to be you know, just a year thing, or is it going to like, is this the plan for it's like, obviously, it was probably always the plan for I mean, I saw so many people that, you know, the big time, uh, you know, the Batman stands, I guess you could say, they're like, Oh, no, uh, luckily, that's coming out in 2022. So we just it's yeah, really out in cinema. I'm like, come on, really? You think that's <laughs> gonna be the case? I mean, I mean, and then even, you know, talking with the, um, you know, the the Nelms brothers and stuff like that, you know, just, I mean, of course, they being filmmakers themselves, they want a little bit of leeway, but you know, they understand. I mean, their movie right now that is, you know, their big movie right now is full on VOD. It's, it's uh streaming. So they're already, they're already, you know, when they're coming up in, in the business, they're already like used to it. And then you got, you know, you got your Martin Scorsese, who's like, you know, at, you know, last year, Look at what he did with the Irishman. He put it on Netflix, but it was out, you know, for a week. Yep. Movie theaters, you know, it's like there's going to be an interesting balance, you know, that when it when it comes to the theatrical and then it comes to the same day. I mean, someone like like all of us, we will gladly go to the movie theater to watch one of these big movies that we want to yeah. watch. But then I like the fact that I could just come home and watch it again in the comfort of my own home yes. right away. I really love that, but you know, not everybody's going to be like. Yeah. Well, also, I think that when we're talking about theaters competing, it might not necessarily be a matter of like being bigger and better, but just being, you know, does do 30 screen multiplexes need to exist? Um, it might just be a matter of saying like, OK, what happens if you had, you know, one screen and and you showed the big the biggest movie there? Yeah. You know, every it, every day. And and, up, and like, then you have studios buying theaters themselves. That's gonna be an interesting, you know. Yeah, exactly. That could so, happen too. And so then you've got like let's say you have just one or two screens instead of thirty, your property costs are way lower, your electric mm -hmm. costs are way lower, your staffing costs are insanely lower. Yeah. Um and um and and we're just talking about a smaller theatrical market but it's propped up by the big stuff instead of trying to show everything, taking a loss on half of it and, and hitting a home run now. And then they're just saying like, you know what, we're, we just need to be leaner and just accept the fact that, that we are not the, the, you know, the hundred billion dollar industry we were once. And also right. like take into account, like I can never, I can't find it because I originally read it in print, like at the turn of the century. Feels so old saying that, um, but back in back in like the early two thousands, um, I think it was back then. It might have been you know sometime in the first decade. Um, Spielberg and Lucas were saying that that's what would happen to theaters. Yeah. They would be more like sporting events or whatever, where you'd go yeah, well, for the event films. Posted that today, yeah. And yeah. they even said, well, there was in like tw in like two thousand and thirteen, they they were saying that you're gonna you know there's gonna be like a tiered system and and stuff is gonna be way more like on demand. But what they were saying back in like the early 2000s was that you would go and you would see the big uh, tentpole blockbusters. And then like in the lobby, you'd be able to like buy a home media copy to take home 
I mean, yeah. like this is before streaming was a thing. Yeah, obviously. Um, well, I mean, even Ben Affleck uh, said like, oh yeah, you know, like uh, these small movies, like yeah. the movies that he made, like The Town, they're not going to be released on, you know, in theaters anymore. It, it's all going to go streaming. And he was right about, you know, streaming in general. Like, I mean, <laughs> where says he couldn't get The Irishman in theaters in 2019, in 2019 right? Yeah. So, you know, so when we're talking about that, that all has like COVID is such a huge part of this conversation, but also yeah. take COVID out of this and like, the Irishman couldn't be made in theaters. Um, a lot of small, even like stuff Affleck is talking about making, you know, he was having trouble getting it in the theaters before, before COVID. Yep. So, yeah. So this is not a like, Oh, if COVID just hadn't happened, this wouldn't be the case. Or like, Oh, if they just stick with it, there'd be a theatrical market. there. like, the theatrical market is, sh is shrinking anyway. This, this, this was always the plan. This was always a necessity. Um, yeah. and I think it's, it's great for the consumer. Um, and it's just it poses a it's a, going to be a difficult time of transition for the industry. But to be fair, and I think Dice mentioned this in the comments earlier, um, they deserve it. They spent 20 years not adapting to, to customer needs and people quit going to theaters because of it. And and like I, I feel bad for them, but like, you know, maybe they should have adapted to changing landscape earlier instead of True. like upping popcorn prices. <laughs> what, one thing you mentioned about creating these theaters uh movie theaters they, they're gonna become like these big events and yeah. so they're gonna I, I feel that's why the batman was not included in this uh, on this slate because they could easily very much put it on this slate because the movie is gonna be finishing before the end of the next year so i'm thinking about this movie theaters creating this um uh, um movie going experience where it's more like a theme park and the movie theaters and the studios they're going to have this deal where listen the short shot movies that are billion dollar making movies we're going to give you a preferential treatment where you can release it there make it an event make it an exclusive thing but everything else will have to adhere to this model that we adopt and moving forward because now movie theaters, we're not, you're not going to have a movie theater in every other corner like we do now. Now you're going to have to drive 45 minutes to go to the movie theaters. And yeah. And then, it, it, you know, you, what I'm also wondering, too, is like, <laughs> what does James Cameron have up his sleeve? You know, because, mm. uh, I mean, we got the, his Avatar sequels that are coming out. And it's mm. like, if anybody's going to change the industry, it's going to be James Cameron because he's done it so many times. You know, he's just look at his look at the movies that he's done. I mean, with the last Avatar, I I was not a fan of 3D. When I saw Avatar in 3D, I was you had to watch it. Right, I was yeah. It was a fucking experience. Now I'm wondering, I'm like, is he going to bring that to life without glasses? Is there, uh, am I going to watch it in a theater that's like curved around the walls and shit's just going to be jumping at me? Like I'm wondering how crazy it's going to get. And if anybody can do it, it's going to be fucking, it's going to be yeah. Jim Cam's guys. I forgot which director was it. James Cameron that wanted to do that uh, straight to home. There there was a, it was Steven Spielberg or James Cameron. One of those that were like, um, it's probably most pro. Maybe it was, I don't know. It seems to me like uh, it would probably be uh, Steven Spielberg because, well, but then again, wasn't there a, bu a bunch of people who like got together and they wanted to make a they were they were like rallying behind the idea of a yes. box yeah it would be Which like a it? it would be like a a 
it would be on like a secured network. Yeah. Um, so Uber that you would have like a VPN to access yeah. um, theatrical content for like people with home theaters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I forgot who that was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who all was in on it, but it was. I think, I think I it was think one I, of those I, things that like people were signing on to, and directors were like throwing their support behind it. Sounds like it would have been Spielberg more than Cameron, because Cameron, just like I said, he. I mean. I mean, I've been hearing that he's been wanting to do glasses-free 3D. 3D for a while. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's that's the gimmick that's going to be part of these Avatar sequels is we're going to be like walking into these theaters. They're going to have these weird, elaborate. I mean, they're I mean, they're already around. What do they call that? That 4D and you know they they had it at Hall H where it's like you got like this fucking shit that's all around you, and he's probably going to up it a notch where shit is just jumping at you and you don't even have um, any uh, glasses on, which is good for... You have, to have like a special type right of guys, camera. Right, shoot. guys? We all have glasses. We, we hate fucking wearing those 3D glasses. I hate glasses. 3D glasses. Oh, my God. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have to put it on top of your glasses. I just know, to fuck like, it. Ugh. Uh, yeah. So he's looking out for us, guys. J- James Cameron. Looking out for forehead. Yeah. I mean, that's what did you have to have like special kind of uh, camera to shoot something like that? And I haven't heard of anything new. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I mean, I, I, and I've said it before. I'm like, I'm surprised that that VR hasn't like shot up like big time. I know, I know that, that it's out there. Like when they talk about that, I mean, I remember getting like a, a piece of shit VR thing where it's just like, oh, you download an app, you stick your phone into the fucking glasses. Oh yeah. And, uh, and it's like, and, and and you can you can like get you could download the app where it looks like you're in a movie theater, and I thought that was pretty badass. I'm just surprised that there hasn't been like a a huge kick <laughs> of like the VR experience where it's like you're in this, you know. IMAX experience. I know it's out there, but it's just I for you know during this pandemic, I'm surprised it just didn't fucking take off like crazy. Yeah, well, that that would have to be like you bring your own VR because now we yeah. the health concerns. You're not Dude. gonna what strap somebody so, else's on. You go to Best Buy. They no longer have those three glass glasses TVs anymore. Like yeah, it's the, weird. I went out there like we're just looking at TVs, and I'm like. Nobody yeah, wants to wear something on their head. Now there's like five hundred dollars, seventy inch yeah. TVs. Nobody wants to wear anything on their head. That's the no. thing, and that's why I'm like, okay, James Cameron, if you're gonna do some glasses-free shit, let's fucking do it. Let's see what happens. Yep. What are you gonna say, Stephen? Um, DSI Luxury Technologies. I found this thing. Um, it's this company. They they have a, a product called Red Carpet Cinema. Mm. Uh, it says, so what if you aren't Hollywood elite hotshot? Well, the next best thing is the Bel Air circuit is red carpet home cinema. This is a device that gives you access to new theater releases, but in a very consumer friendly way. Think Apple TV on steroids. The uncompressed picture and sound blow away any content on any streaming service bar none. New releases and phenomenal quality come at a price, though. The hardware sells for $15,000 and the movies run for $1,500 plus per title. Jesus this Christ. may seem like a big price tag, but our clients consider it the equivalent to a nice dinner and a bottle of wine. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Wow. That's for the so rich. That's how. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. That wow. sounds like a porn service. What is it? Red carpet? What? <laughs> I know. Red carpet cinema. <laughs> Red carpet cinema. I mean, basically, I think they're, it's just the same the- theatrical licensing it's the same thing that theaters are doing. It's just, it's people that can afford to pay theater licensing costs for their home theater. <laughs> Fucking yeah. right, dude. 
Well, you know, I like I said, on there. <laughs> yeah. Like I said in my uh my video, like my first video about the HBO Max thing, I'm like, my my whole goal in life is to have a home theater now because it seems like they're gonna be few and far between. Um, you know, it's yeah. and you guys are all invited, by the way, if you wanna awesome. visit my home theater, you know. Right. Saying I'm gonna make it nice and uh huge. Or I'm just gonna uh raid uh Zack Snyder's uh yeah, like Zack Snyder. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I know. <laughs> but um, I think yeah. I counted. <laughs> <laughs> we have a uh, Patreon uh, video submittal from our good friend Neil, who has like, I'm telling you, this guy has a man cave like that. I oh, also strive to have. Yeah, no, Neil's cool, and he's also wearing a good shirt. So here we go. What up, Dave? What up, Vodka Stream Panel? How you guys doing tonight? So, for tonight's uh, video question, I want to take us into the realm of Man of Steel. Um, I want to know what's a scene or a moment in that movie that still, when you watch it, gives you those feels that the chills, you get excited when you see it still. So, for me, my favorite scene is the world engine scene when he has the moment of the recognition of his own power and the cuts the score everything that's going on is fantastic so but the one stipulation for the question is nobody is allowed to use first flight because we all love first flight cheers God, i seriously want to like first of all i love how every day. week I love how every week he like up like we get a little peek at more <laughs> yeah, of it yeah, yeah. from the week before. He's literally and, got all covered. And, and he's literally got a camera person helping him now. Like, I hope <laughs> yeah. this, I hope this trend continues. Like I can't wait to see what his production value is. In, like, I know, six geez, weeks. man. <laughs> like, no, I'm telling you, he's gonna, be, he's gonna submit a short level. film. Yeah, 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 dude, I'm telling you. I mean, it's yeah, like he's got, the, he's got the neon strips like everywhere too. It's like, yeah, I've got yeah. big expectations for next yeah. week now. I know, man. You got to up your production value. You know, no, I mean, I think, I, I, think I think I've mentioned it. I think I even mentioned it with maybe even Snyder. It's just no, maybe not. But I mean, the one that always gets me in the fields is just when Jonathan is showing Clark the the ship, and then he and when Clark goes, can I just just be your son and he goes you are my mm. son and he and he hugs him that mm. fucking punch me right in the fucking yeah emotion I was, balls mm. i was getting ready to say the same one because i and i'm glad that you said the line because what i was gonna say is that i um i like can't get through that line like without choking up just as much oh, as he yeah. does so it's yeah. like every time it's so good. Um, I mean, he's just the way that Kevin Costner, he just says, you are my son. And he just like grabs him and hugs him. It's just like, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah it just. Well, I, I feel like I mentioned this every single time also, but it's always so impactful to me because I remember an interview with Goyer where he said um, that while he was writing Man of Steel, um, his, his he became a father and his dad died. Oh, um, That's right. And so... And so, like, look at what that movie does with father. He's got two fathers yeah. in the in the movie, and he deals with becoming a father and and being an adoptive father and losing a father and mm. and 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 sacrificing yourself for your child and like all it's like yeah. so much like parental child stuff and like to imagine like like no wonder it comes from such an emotional place like he was like that was a like in his head at the time yeah. What about you, Chris? Same thing, like any father, or even the part where, like, he sees, you know, he comes off the, I think the Lex Luthor, <laughs> whatever that 
that uh, gas tank or whatever, and he sees Martha. He sees his mom, and he mm-hmm. talks talks just that casual conversation between his mom and him thinking that she's sad or or angry or that he went to he found his parents or his real parents or something. Oh like. yeah, that little moment, like yeah, yeah, that little moment oh, yeah. is like uh, awesome. Yeah. So oh yeah, I, I get emotional when like he's walking up and you know she sees him and yeah. And 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 I and one of my favorite like just like a random scene in Man of Steel is when, you know, when the the house is after the whole battle with Zod and stuff like that, and then the house is kind of fucked up, and you know, she just walks out and just goes, "Nice suit, son. Nice suit, son. Nice suit, son." So I kind of can't, and just gives him a hug. It's so random, but it's so great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite is the one. Uh, when when he's with uh with with Jorel, and he just strikes the panel. And he says, "Strike oh, yeah. the panel," and he said, "You could save them, Kyle. You can save them all." And you see the yeah. big blue planet right beneath them. I was like, "Ah!" Oh. And then he just flies out with a Jesus moment on his open. Dude, I still get chills yeah. with that moment because two things happen. Like he's talking about the the all human beings, and he's just laser focused on Lois. Because mm-hmm. that's the first thing that utter, uh, utters out of his mouth, Lois. Yeah. And then he just flies out. That was, yeah. to me, that was my favorite scene. God. And it's just like, even that, 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 yeah, that whole scene is great because he goes and gets her. And then I just love the fact that, like, you know, she's freaking out. And he finally gets to her and then just boom. And then, like, the way that the door opens and then he just pushes himself off and he just pushes the, the, the pot to make her, like, come out. And then he grabs her, turns her around, and I'm like, "God damn it!" I mean, they really just thought of so many things when it comes to like the way he saves her, or the you know certain things. Mm. Even like when, um, and I remember like Kevin Smith brought. He said that the, the, his favorite favorite moment in uh, Man of Steel. This was a while ago when he interviewed Snyder, where you know where he grabs her, you know where she was falling down, and like you know the the world engine was all doing its thing, and he. And grab her and the way he grabbed her and the way that she just like looked over his shoulder and looked at the fucking craziness yeah. over his shoulder and then he's just like pushing the fucking oh. kid away from it it's yeah. just like god damn it man i mean mm-hmm. how do you not if you're a superman fan you have to how do you not you gotta love that. this movie with all the little details like that you know i love ah. the ending where you get a shot at the, the man of steel theme and you see jonathan kent looking at his son with the red cape and, yes. you know, and i was oh, like yeah. yes oh man that it's like wow like no I'm no really i'm yeah. really proud of him yeah yeah it's just yeah. god damn it i mean i mean that's what that's one of the things i asked snyder when when it came to um you know they wanted christopher nolan to do that for superman and christopher nolan was like no i'm not gonna do it but i know somebody who can and he pointed to Zack Snyder and just, you know, gave him a call. And I mean, that, that, I mean, people need to realize that. I mean, you know, the, the Snyder haters out there that love Nolan, it's like, do you realize that, you know, that he recommended Snyder to do like Superman because he was like a fan, a huge fan of Watchmen, you know, which yeah. was like, way ahead of its time, which if Watchmen yeah. was like released, you know, now, I think it would be way more respected than it uh, obviously than it was yeah. back in whenever 2008, whatever. The other thing I really appreciated I, that he pointed out in that interview, um, I guess like you said, he he mentioned Watchmen, and and we always know that like oh yeah, Nolan picked him, but yeah. not just that he liked Watchmen, but that 
he picked that because he wanted him to do Watchmen with oh, Superman, Superman is yeah. what is what Zach said Nolan wanted from him. So like the idea of doing the the deconstructionist kind of um, darker Superman approach was not it's not like super, it's not like Snyder like failed to execute on what Nolan's idea was like that is what Nolan brought him in to do um which like I'm not saying that that means people are required to like it but like as an artistic decision I think that kind of voices like that was that was the 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 job that was what they wanted from the oh, movie the plan yeah 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 it's just crazy and you know, uh, obviously, I showed the image earlier of uh, Snyder, of course, um, showing um, that he was doing stuff today. Obviously, right there, boop, picture mm. start, ooh, and <laughs> of course, you know, you have to make the joke. I'm like, hey, we have the official, we have the official title. It's a uh, Zeka Zeka Nider. <laughs> So, but, uh, you know, it's whatever. I, I love the fact that you almost wonder, like, did he do that on purpose just to, like, throw people off? Because, you know, he. I think well, this he's is making fun character. of the people that insist on that being the name. Right. Clearly, yeah. it's the director's cut of Justice League. And he's just <laughs> yeah. mocking the, the director's cut that. of Justice League 2017. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, he he uh, he did confirm that, of course, he was working on the sound. And a lot of people were like, wow, it seems like he's pretty ahead of the curve. And I'm like, well, yeah, he, he is. I mean, when you have, <laughs> I mean, I thought about this and, you know, and of course I got it confirmed by that particular source that, yeah, he was ahead of the game. Like, but I think at the same time, I mean, like when you have like a pandemic happening and maybe not a lot of people are doing things and you can have easy access to everybody coming in and do some additional photography and just kind of like get it done and nobody's working on anything else. Everything else is done because it's been, well, it's probably been postponed because I, I, I have a feeling that, you know, a lot of his like VFX artists were probably working on stuff like, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, which was done, supposed to be out mm-hmm. this year, probably done. Everything, everything that VFX artists were working on, they were done with, you know, Right. And their work, a lot of other work dried up. So it's not like they were split exactly. on 100 different projects. So they, they were 100% yeah. focused on Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, yeah. I mean, this thing could probably get released, you know, sooner than March is what we've been talking about for a lot of times. I know a lot of people were like um, with the news of HBO Max, you know, and Jason Kalar like kind of, you know, was being coy and say like, oh, yeah, it's going to be out in a few months. And I'm like, hey, we've been talking about March for like a long time. It's yeah. pretty much the set yeah. month. We don't know exactly well, when in March, but, you know. But they're going to have to and, space out all those movies throughout the year. So I'm sure they're going to find yeah, them. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other interesting thing about it is originally, like, as um, as as Dave and I have been pointing out since last November, the idea of it being a series yeah. Um, is a lot of like, like we're talking, I've talked a lot about monetization on streaming platforms. And so I don't want to, we don't need to do that all over again, but <laughs> the, 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 the thing that makes this an attractive deal for HBO max to even spend money on, you know, $70 million on, um, instead of just, like, whereas like WB was never going to do it to do in theaters. 
um, was the idea that it could be spaced because they were lacking in original content. It could be done quickly. It was long enough to be split up into you know, into multiple episodes, etc. But now that was before the the pandemic hit and before they mm. had this idea to just drop everything. And so I'd be curious to know how that's going to impact the release schedule. Yeah. Um, mm. And if you look at like now that you don't you no longer are you don't need to spread that like that release out quite as significantly um, in order to like cover that spread to keep subscribers engaged because you've got, you've legitimately got, you know, tentpole movies coming out every month of the year, basically um, because of this. And so it's entirely possible that that could, um, could change that plan. And so maybe it'll either, I don't know if they would, if they would nix the series idea, but maybe release a movie version first um, instead of a series first. Um, or you know, there's there's a, there's a few different directions they could go with that. But why not um, the, it, all the way around though? Because like for instance, Dune, I think that movie is gonna be long. What if he if they went back to those directors and said, listen, uh, you want to flesh out your story a little bit more? You want to work on your director's cut and put it out as a series and put out three three chapters on 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 the service? Yeah, that would be interesting. But we're talking about simultaneous theatrical releases for all of those. That's the thing, um, but that and so and that also but, gives you another little bit of extra to go watch, watching the movie theaters, and then come back and watch it on the streaming. Maybe we're, we're, ta- we're I mean, when when it comes yeah. to Zack Snyder's Justice League, I mean, we're talking about four hours plus. Mm. That's going to be interesting to see. I mean, remember, like even like. You know, going back, I mean, of course, uh, when I interviewed him on the vodka stream, uh, <laughs> he he talked about the he wanted it, he wanted us to see a, an IMAX version in black and white. Like, does that mm-hmm. mean he's going to get that? Like, when it comes to this now, I mean, he's going to get that theatrical release where he can like show it in IMAX, or is that going to be a special event? I don't know. I mean, like, that's what I'm wondering. But- and that's the other question, because like like I was saying with the whether or not it's, like it's a series, is if if they want to, whereas every, whereas like everything else was a theatrical project that was that's now getting simul released on on HBO Max, yeah. the fact that it was it's a series kind of makes that more a little bit more complicated. Yeah. But right. if they were to decide to go with a, um, let's say they they decided to go with a movie cut first. Zack Snyder's Justice League could jump onto that exact same strategy and see a theatrical that could almost be a like a throw a, a little bit of a bone <laughs> to theaters and be like, look, here's one more, here's one more thing for you to, you know, yeah, sell people. You're right. Whereas like I don't think it's as likely for them to to have episodes shown in theaters, which means that like what are you gonna do? You're gonna have the four episodes are gonna come out, and then by the time a theatrical version comes out, it's a edited together version of the version that was split out. No, just release the movie first. Um, and also give it a limited theatrical run. Um, and then if they want to do the, the episodes later as like an expanded experience, you know, that you can do that, you know, after the fact, um, from a monetary perspective, now that this, all this other stuff is happening, that makes a lot of sense to me. So like a four plus hour movie. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be insane. Is there going to be an intermission? Probably. There's gotta be, there's gotta be, there's gotta be. There's no way even that. even Zach can't sit all the way through um, yeah. BBS <laughs> Ultimate Edition without yeah, yeah, he took a piss. He took a piss <laughs> here and there. Apparently, yeah, he did take a piss, right? Right, Chris? Didn't he yeah. take yeah. He right before the Capitol bombing? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm surprised I lasted. Oh my God. 
I, I remember sitting in there and I was sitting next to, uh, you know, Matt and Shane, comic movie marks, you know. And I remember just joking with Matt going, fucking A, dude, if we have to, because we were like right in the center. And this is like an old, you know, movie theater. It's not like spaced out like movie theaters are now where you could just get e easily in and out. It's like you're literally like putting your ass or your fucking crotch in someone's face, like right yeah. there. You're 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 rubbing knees. Yeah. You're rubbing knees as you're going by. So I was like, oh, it was man. a hard seat too. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it was not, it's not even a comfortable seat. But yeah. for some reason, it, it 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 was okay. It was weird. Like, you know, I I think somebody asked me on a film chunky live where they were like, what's your best you know, movie experience. And like, I, I always go back to that because it was, it was a great experience to watch BVS ultimate cut with nothing but BVS fucking super fans in a shitty little, you know, theater with no AC and, yeah. you know, shoulder to shoulder with people. But for some reason, like I didn't have to get up and go take a piss. It, it flowed. It felt like it, it was like an hour. It didn't feel like the three hours, you know, it's just, it was, it was insane how great it was. I love so. how you're like, I had to get up and take a piss. It flowed. It was like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was the longest piss of my life. No, but yeah, after, after the screening like, yeah, everybody like went to the bathroom. Went and the bathroom. I took a piss of my life. And that's when I, I think that's when I first met Russ. That's when I realized who Russ was. I was like, oh, you're Russ. Or, you know, you guys know Russ, you know, who shows up in the live chat every now and again. Like, it was just like, oh, hey, oh, uh, you're, yeah, because he was like right there, like when I walked out of the bathroom and then we talked. But uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, what do you think about the Z uh, Justice League Apocalypse War story basically stealing nearly Zach's whole story? Did it really? No, it wouldn't have stolen it. No. Um, it's it's common that um, the animated movies kind of are are similar to like the other stuff that's going on, but because of the production timeline on those and how long the animated movies take to happen, that would have been in the works before yeah. um, everything happened to Zach. So it may have gotten like some tweaks or something. I heard um, I heard something. I think one of the directors said something about they they changed the ending in order to um yeah that's what dice is saying uh oh that, that, that was an interview with dice i'll make sure i credit it properly dice was told by the director okay. that they had to change the ending um because of um hey, yeah dice, I'm, I'm realized i sent you the so, link you could have just showed up and just talked oh, about it you, yeah, but it's okay it's fine it's whatever yeah i mean i'm just gonna i'm just gonna butcher <laughs> it if you want to jump in you can explain it but but basically yeah, there's a there was an insinuation that maybe it was originally more like the Snyder cut and possibly because of the reshoots, they had them change the ending as kind of me reading into that. Obviously that's not what the, the director said or the writer said. Um, I'm just going to really badly explain it and see how long it'll take to get dice on here. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, when I was sending everybody the links, I sent dice a link. I'm like, Hey man, if you want to join, but so nah, it's, it's all good. It's okay. He okay. was mad that we didn't tell him about the after party. I thought he just had to leave last time. I thought he just had to leave. <laughs> because right. of, uh, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when we, when we exit out of here, sometimes we'll talk after, you know, the broadcast and uh, yeah, he, he didn't know that. Yeah. It's fine. It's totally fine. But uh, no, yeah. I mean, when it comes to the apocalypse war, I mean, yeah, a lot of people are making the parallels. But I mean, it's like, 
you know, that's going to happen. It's just really going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen no matter what. It's going to happen even when, you know, Marvel does something. I mean, I've seen that shit too, or there's parallels like, oh, did you see this? They totally ripped it off. Endgame ripped off this fucking, you know, Ah, DCU. You know, it's like, it's like shot for shot. I'm like, it's actually not shot for shot. The person who made the, the, the video edited it to make it look like it was shot for shot. <laughs> and not only that, but it's, like, right it's, same. it's so frustrating when that stuff comes up because when you talk about stuff like that, is there's only so many ways to shoot exactly. something. Yeah. And like, oh, and there was, yeah. And that, and that animated feature, yeah. Batman was out in space and Superman saved yeah, him. And, like, and it was just the like same Captain as like Marvel saved fucking Tony Stark. It's like, it's like, what are they supposed to do? Like, give it like some back ass words. Like, it's the same. How you're being rescued and your ship is being brought in. Yeah. How, how many ways? Superman are you should, should, should pull it. He should pull it. Not, not, not like, not hold it like this. He should hold it like this. Exactly. Well, and it's funny how. Um, well, yeah. uh, in addition to that, stuff like that is like. Oh. Oh, we lost Steven. Dang, right. <laughs> Look at Steve. Somebody screenshot that. Somebody screenshot that. Look at that. He is like so deep in thought. He's like, deep in thought. He's taking a pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's philosophical right now. Yeah. No, but uh no, no, no. But that yeah, there was like a there was like a yeah, there's a video floating around that there I forgot which uh, animated feature, but it has Batman that was out in space and then Superman oh, really? saved him. And it was like they compared it to Endgame when you know Tony Stark out in space and Captain Marvel saves him. And it was like shot for shot, but I'm like, well, uh, uh, is it really shot for shot or did they edit it like that? Because I don't know. But yeah, like how else is that supposed to happen? I mean, they're both carrying, you know, a ship back to Earth. I don't know. I, like how else are you supposed to do that? I mean, there's always going to be that par- those parallels, you know? Yeah. He should have brought a rope with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like when he pulled that ship in BBS. I mean, yeah. Come on. That was bad. I mean, I mean, that's that's where you have to get creative as a creator, you know, and that's where Snyder was like, Hey, I'm gonna show Superman saving people on a boat. This is how I'm gonna do it. And you know, that shot is a beautiful fucking shot. And there are still people to this day that I got in my mentions not too long ago that were like did you know that there were people on that ship? I'm like, yeah, where you been, dude? <laughs> you know? I'm like, yeah, you zoom in. There's people all over that ship. He's pulling them in, you know? Yep. It, it's a beautiful shot because it just, I mean, yeah, from far away, I mean, when you're just watching it, it just looks like Superman pulling in a ship. But, yeah, you look closely, there is a bunch of people on that ship that are like, yeah, Superman is saving us. It's like, yeah, hello. But you know, what do you guys think is going to be the reaction from um, Disney after this uh, announcement? From- oh, they're gonna they're gonna have to. They're gonna do the same. I think you we, we I think Black Widow. Yeah, that's gonna be the first, out, right? I, Dude, I, would I mean, so. yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done it already because it's like, come on. I mean, is that is what they're doing? With anybody soul? super soul? excited? I'm I'm no longer excited about. I mean, I'm. I'll watch Black Widow when it comes out, but I'm not like super oh, jazzed care. about it because it's like <laughs> we already know what happens to her, but it's like, okay, but luckily they introduced like Florence pew, 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 because I'm all about her now. I'm like, okay, she's going to be like the new Black Widow. So now you've intrigued me by, okay, at least enticing me by this whole other 
Black Widow that's going to be taking over because we already know that Scarlett Johansson is not going to be returning. Now we got Florence Pugh, and, and, and then it's already revealed that she's going to be in the Hawkeye series. It's like, okay, cool. I like Florence Pugh. Sure. So, but yeah, I, they, they, yeah, when it comes to the whole like premium thing that they were charging for new movies, it's like, you can't do that now. <laughs> nope. But, but Disney Plus is cheaper monthly than HBO Max. That's true. True. It's like eight bucks, yeah. seven ninety nine. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, it's, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, that's why I was making the jokes when yesterday when all this shit was happening and i was like you know your move disney <laughs> what are you gonna do now i mean you fucking you know warner media forced your hand you know they really warner media i'm 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 glad that warner media warner brothers are like the first to do it and to be like hey you know we're gonna fucking set the the new standard here I'm glad that they're doing that i'm glad that disney wasn't the one that did that because you know yeah. of course with the jokes of of Mulan when they charge the premium, but then they announced like a couple of months ago that, Oh, you can watch her for free in December. And then a lot of people are like, well, then I'll just wait because I don't really give a shit about Mulan, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, yeah. And then I, I, I still think that, that I still think that Warner media and all those guys were like, let's announce this the day before Mulan goes free. I, I'm just, it just sounds uh, like tactic. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's too convenient. That's why I made the joke. That's why I made the jokes today on Twitter. I was like, it's too convenient. Like the fact that the day before that Mulan was going to be free on Disney plus, they were just like, guess what guys, this is what we're doing. And it just totally just stole the thunder of, oh, yeah, it did. you know, I'm telling you, somebody was yeah. like, Hey guys, come on. We're, um, <laughs> we're, you know, it just seemed too convenient to yeah. me. That's why I made the joke today. And a lot of people misunderstood it, which I understood because it got, yeah, I mean, it started, you know, getting out there and a lot of, you know, the, that side of the, the Twitter sphere were like, Oh, it was already planned. I'm like, yeah, I get that. It was already planned. But the, the fact of the matter that they announced the day before, you know, it was a little convenient, you know, to me, what do you think, Steven? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I mean, like the convenience of the fact that HBO max decided to unveil all this shit that really just changed the game a day before Mulan goes free on Disney Plus. I mean, can I mean there's there had to be somebody in there going like, "Hey, let's do this the day before." Like, you know, Disney put their 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 big movie that was supposed to come out this year, you know, for free on their service. Like, you know, it almost seems like it was like a little jab. I mean, right? Maybe. Steven? There's also that news today about <laughs> Disney looking to combine Hulu and Disney Plus. I saw that. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, but then like didn't 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 um um uh what's her say name? No. What's her name? Didn't she, also, <laughs> didn't she say like like oh it was something like a theory or something like that? I don't know. Oh, I don't know what she said. Okay. She said something, but no, but that does make sense because you know I've been saying this for the longest time is like you know if you're gonna own this much of the of the. Uh, movie industry you have to have that adult content and if it's going to be on hulu fine you know i i you know you, we already we just heard that there's going to be a deadpool 3 that thing needs to be rated r it can't be a pg-13 yeah. you know it can't be 
But yeah. merging Hulu, how would that work? Because uh, Hulu is like an aggregator. You can add HBO Max to Hulu. You can add uh, Showtime and all other stuff. So how they would, would that probably work? lose a lot of those deals. Mm, um, yeah. What oh. what happens? They would just gain Hulu's content. Um, but I don't think a lot of those services would go. I don't. I don't think Disney would want a lot of the aggregated services. And mm. it's possible. Uh, I don't know. The aggregated services would probably appreciate if Disney pumped them up. But um, I think the thing that makes more sense to me that I've seen kind of floating around for a while is like an 18 and up section. Yes. Disney mm-hmm. has like historically been um, kid friendly. They've historically been like very well <laughs> kid friendly with obviously they, they own Miramax and stuff like that. So like but um, and so I understand kind of how they were going for that with with Disney Plus. But um, you look at like of all the people that have been hurt by COVID, like look at their two biggest places of revenue, right? They get money from box office and they get money from theme parks. And both of those were just basically like, Nope, nothing else. And so that's why you're seeing like, like tens of thousands of people being laid off from, from Disney now. Cause like their theme parks are just like closed. I mean, I guess I think um, Orlando is open, right? Is or yeah. is California yeah. back open? Yeah. Dave? Yeah. Um, but, no um, California. But I mean, they were they were closed for a long time, yeah. and then even now that they're open, it's like you know, way less attendance. And that's you know, think about all the people that work to keep a theme park running. And the um, price is still the same, which is yeah. And um, and then you've got uh, and there's like a lot of debt involved in that too, from expansion and, oh, and yeah. um, Galaxy's oh. Edge and. Um, and the same thing for movies. I mean, you've got they've got Black Widow has been you know sitting on the shelf Dude, for for months. I didn't even now. think about it, but Disneyland like they fresh off the you know something new there. They had Star Wars Land yeah. that was supposed yeah. to expand. It was supposed to expand to like this great thing, but it's like what's going to happen to that now? They spent mm-hmm. all this money. I remember when that first launched. I think it was what last year or something like that. The Star Wars Land got launched, and some people were like. Yeah, it's barely anything. You uh, walk around, you walk into the Millennium Falcon. Uh, you might see, uh, you might see um, um, Kylo Ren and and uh, and uh, Chewie walking around, and then you go to a gift shop, and that's about it. But they're supposed to expand it, and then you can walk into the uh, the bar, you know, and hear. You can hear that. <laughs> but, yeah. but that was it. It wasn't much. But they were like, "Oh yeah, but we're gonna expand it." Now it's like they're probably not even going to do that because I mean, the last I heard they're already like losing billions of dollars because it's California. It's, it's insane. I mean, literally like you, you, you can't like all of that staff, like it's, it's, it. a, it's a, it's a rough situation. I mean, I mean, that's um, the thing. It's like, we see all the people operating, you know, the rides and, you know, they're in the costumes, but we don't see the people behind the scenes. We've got Imagineers, you've got accountants, you've got, yeah. um, you've got janitors, you've got, rest, you've got people, way more people the rest, behind the, the city. scenes that we don't see. Yeah. It's you like know? its own operating city. Um, Fucking A. And, yeah. Bus drivers and mechanics and like, <laughs> just, it's insane. And <laughs> Literally it's just like its own, it's a whole system that requires a bunch of people to operate it's like they're not even they have their own little city there this yeah well i mean i don't know i don't know if, it, if it's the same in florida but i know that disney owns the land in in florida and by owns it i mean like it is not u.s it's like not u.s 
um, well, territory. It's kind of like that here too. It's kind of like that here too because Anaheim will like bow down to anything that Disney needs. Anaheim is always like, okay, what do you I need? Yeah, what do you need? You know, whatever yeah. you. Need. You know, but so right every now, property that you own in Florida is you actually buying it from Disney? No, 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 no. I just mean like the 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 land that they own oh, in Florida, okay. they actually they actually own outright. Like not, it's not like it's it's um. I don't know if it would be considered like a micro nation or, and they're technically, I think they, they are subservient to like U S laws. <laughs> you got caught Steven. Hey, Krypton cage got you. And like when you froze up, that's a good, that's a good meme right there. Like, yeah. That's clear. Much more clear than your Thanksgiving meme that cracked me up. <laughs> you guys posted that when you guys posted that video, man, I, I like almost died. Oh. Last because it was, was just because you had the whole family, and then your son went off, and then it just you heard a crash, and yeah. you just looked over and let it <laughs> like, cut. And I was yeah. like, Oh my god, perfect, perfect way to cut. I commended Amanda for that cut because it was just yeah. like <laughs> and then somebody freeze framed it, of course, and <laughs> directed by <laughs> Oh man. Did something did something no, nothing broke during that video, did it? Or no, no, nothing, nothing serious, bro. He's just, he, he's a little, um, he's like a battering ram. Like he'll just run like full speed into things. Um, <laughs> just, uh, oh, so perfect. Like he'll, we have like our, our kitchen, dining room, living room is like connected. Yeah. Like if you took down the wall, it'd be like an open floor plan and he loves to do laps. But like, if you're standing at the stove or like at the counter doing something, he'll, he'll like round you, like use you as like a pivot. It's like, he'll grab your leg. It's like, he swings around around the the corner um and he's getting too big it's like it's like dude you're like four now like you're gonna knock me over when yeah you you're gonna that. pull me to the ground um, yeah <laughs> no it was just it was just funny because it was like it was like a an adorable family video thing yeah and then all of a sudden he just runs off and then you hear this crash yeah. and you like look over and then it just cuts it just cuts and it was, i just i was like i literally cracked up when i saw that just the way it no yeah no that's basically us they'll be like the cutest <laughs> things ever and then like the next second it's like Disaster. what are you doing with that knife <laughs> like, just, like, where did you get that put that down that's not yours yeah. um, oh man like that's 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 <laughs> typical and it's like I'm so sorry, Daddy. It's like no, don't you? No, <laughs> no, don't be, don't be adorable. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Mom. Yeah, you can't yeah. be adorable right now. But uh, anyways, guys, I think we'll uh, go ahead and wrap this up. And uh, yeah, um, so if people are wondering where Garz is, who knows? I don't know. Fuck no. Where's your boy? Where's your boy, Ben? Some people are wondering where Garz is. My brother's keepers. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people are like, "Where's Garz?" It's like, eh, you know, I'm sure he. Had Did anybody ask for me if I will see you last week? <laughs> he knew yeah. you wouldn't let him talk about the new Mando episode. That happened last week. People were wondering okay. where you were last week. So don't, worry. don't worry. Yeah, I know. Apparently, you got a little, uh, you got a little, yeah. Oh, he was actually at home watching. Like, I hope people ask where I am in the chat. Yeah. yeah he was just testing the, the waters. Like, nah, somebody <laughs> said that. Nah, people did. People did. Um, yeah. Anytime uh, when somebody's missing. That's why I like, I had to put a disclaimer first. Like, hey, Scott's not going to be here, guys. Yeah, you've got you know family stuff. You guys and your fucking family stuff. Jeez. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing to me? I'm just kidding. No, but um, yeah. Uh, thanks to the uh the Nelms brothers for coming in. Um, like I said, hopefully you know they, hopefully they come back and they could talk about 
Fat Man Two. You guys need to watch it. I, I'm curious to see what your yeah. opinions about it. I'm. I, I, I love know. the idea of calling yes. it Fat Man Returns, just because it's it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like Fat right? Man Returns. Fat Man Returns. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's so much there. I mean, like, like, like when I was watching it, I mean, I'm like going, okay, there's so much here that they could play with that I always thought about too because when i watched like one of my favorites is the santa claus and the santa claus yeah. really broke it down to like how how would this be in reality but it still had that stupid fucking subplot of oh there's parents that don't believe but i'm like but literally he like went all around and put gifts everywhere and like how do parents not believe when they wake up and they're like there's a canoe leaned yeah. up yeah. a tree that is not nobody nobody bought that so it's like hey you gotta believe yeah you know, and in and, and, and their world that they created, they're like, yeah, everybody just collectively knows there's a fucking Santa Claus. Yeah. And, and like half the kids are assholes, so they don't get gifts. You know, it's like, it's a, it's great. And, and it's a Santa Claus that literally when you introduce, when they show him for the first time, he's shooting tin cans. Like, you know, he's literally practicing his shooting, you know, and it's like, yes. You know, and there's scenes where, you know, Mel Gibson's beating the fucking punching bag. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> awesome. Santa Claus, yeah. even though he's he's got a gut, he's still fucking built. He's got guns. He's got shoulders, you know, and stuff like that. And they we talked about that, too, how Mel Gibson just like he literally got in that kind of shape where he was like, all right, I'm going to fucking get my gut out there. But I'm still going to be a little built because he is a little built. And I'm like, that's awesome. The fact that. Mel Gibson, even for like a small movie like this, he was dedicated to like getting his body where they wanted it, you know, and that's that's just awesome right there. Okay. So yeah, guys, you guys gotta watch it. Watch it. I mean, it's not a yeah, don't, watch it, don't watch it with your kids. Not that there's any nudity, but you know, I mean it's not that bad. I mean, <laughs> I think they still no nudity. Yeah, yeah. There's no nudity, there's F bombs, yes, like crazy. <laughs> you know. And it, and it, it can get a little, you know, it's slightly gory. It's not like grotesque gory, but you know, I'm just saying it, it's not exactly a family film, but no nudity at least, you know. So I'll just warn you with that. Anyways, guys. Um, all right, yeah. Thank you to them for uh, joining. You know, those guys were cool to talk to. And uh, hopefully, when there's a Fat Man two or Fat Man Returns, they can come back and we'll talk about that. And like I said, there's so much there that they, they can expand on. But uh, let's go around the horn. Mr. Uh, Chris Wong Swenson, go ahead and promote yourself. Uh, Chris Wong Swenson at the Ping Pong Flick Show. And I was just thinking, just real quick, Fat hmm. Man versus Fat Man v. Easter Bunny. Don yes. No, can I? <laughs> That's what I was saying. I'm like, and we were joking, like, how do you ground How do you ground the Easter Bunny? Because that would be a real they all have to have their own origin story first, you exactly. see. Exactly. They can't do well, it see, without. So. That's that's what I liked about when Ian <laughs> said, like when they were like came up with the idea. It's like one of them had the idea, and then one of them came up with a prequel. Like, you know, so they kind of already had like this origin story that they mm -hmm. were like leading into. So it's like it seems like they had their bases covered, you know. And yeah, like I said, it's just you know, I mean, it's not like the greatest movie ever but it's just it was pleasantly and refreshingly Ooh, you didn't say that when they were on the stream i know of course i wasn't oh. <laughs> you know, it's good it's really you out. You still no, but, I, no, but it's still so it's still <laughs> very <laughs> i know see thank you steve no, no, no i'm just i'm just I'm <laughs> someone's gonna I, clip this out i hope i hope oh. he's still watching no 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 like no, it's, i'm just it's, busting your balls i don't i know i know no i'm just saying like 
yeah, it's got their cheese. It's got the cheesy moments, but it's like, but it's very fucking enjoyable. And it was just refreshing that it's like, oh, this is like something new and fresh. And like, yes, thank you. I, and I, more than anything, I just love movies that know what they are. Yes, I hate it when movies like don't know. It's very aware of what it it's is. Like the directors making one movie, the performers are making another, the producers are making something else, and clearly the editor was told to try to turn it into something other than what was planned. Like, yeah, I, I mean, hate like, that, but. And, and, yeah. and, you know, talking with them, I mean, they only had, I think they said like it was like a $5 million budget or maybe it was even less than that. But wow. I mean, it probably, I mean, like the, the final act, yeah, it's like, yeah, maybe you wanted it to be a little bit more grander, but you know, they worked with what they, they had to work with and it, and it, and it wraps up in a nice little bow, you know, pardon the pun of Christmas, but you know, the fact, you know, just the way that it ends and it, it, it's, perfectly you could set it up for a sequel or and then even go with the prequel and i'm just kind of wondering like i mean the fact that they they said like when they wrote it like 14 years ago that they had jack nicholson or somebody in like in mind or something like that that's pretty crazy i'm like and then, and then just the fact that they uh you know they saw mel gibson and they saw his beard and they're like wow that that would be amazing and then they approached him with it waited and then he finally responded and then it just all worked out. I'm like, God damn, just imagine that you write this crazy movie that a lot of, a lot of studios are like, I don't know what the, f you know, I like it, but I don't know what the fuck to do with it. And then <laughs> to, pitch it, to pitch it to Mel Gibson, who's like a fucking, I mean, he's a superstar. He is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. well known. He's never, I mean, obviously he's had his, you know, his, <laughs> his uh, personal life, you know, has come to fruition sometimes and it's kind of been a little bad, but, the mm. fact that 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 they pitched it, whoa, that they uh, pitched it to him. Someone oh, says, "Yeah, um, when they pitched it to him, and then he got back to him, and then it just all worked out." I'm like, "That's amazing!" Imagine just like writing this thing, like, and then all of a sudden you get Mel Gibson to fucking play it. I mean, that's got to be just like that had to be that had to be a moment when they secured that they fucking probably just jumped up and down and just hugged each other like, "Holy shit!" Yep. Like we got Mel Gibson to play our Santa Claus. I mean, and 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 when I, when you watch it, it's like, yeah, it fucking fits. Like, who else could? I mean, yeah, maybe somebody else could have fucking pulled off. But it's like you're like, wow, this is fucking Mel Gibson oh, doing this. It shit. puts it into another stratosphere oh, of like once you it get makes him. it better. Yeah, it makes yeah. it better. I mean, it, I mean well, I and they were saying he's not just on it as a, as an actor, but he's there like like talking to them about like what lens they're using and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 When he was it's talking involved. about that, I mean, he's, I mean, when they, when they were talking about how like, you know, like, Hey, go warm up now, you know, in the heating tent or whatever the hell, cause it's like 36 below out here. And then he's just like, all of a sudden, like they look behind and Mel's just right there. Cause he wants to be like, he wants to know what's happening. And then he'll like put in suggestions. He's all take it or leave it, but maybe we should do it like this. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, how intimidating could that be? Because you're like, you literally have Mel Gibson, Academy Award winning. He's won an Oscar Director. for directing movies. And he's been in movies for like, you know, 40 years, pretty much. And it's like, and he like puts a suggestion. How do you not say no? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, how do yeah. you say no? You know, yeah. I would just be like, whatever you say. Yeah, let's do that. You know, I like those behind the scenes stories, like the one that he was talking about that he was they were writing this movie for two million dollars. And then the, when yeah. they spoke to the person, they said, oh, it's two hundred thousand. It's like, what? Yeah, crazy. How do you, how do I you... mean, it's crazy the, the way it all builds up. And I love the fact that it got that little backstory of them, like 
pretty much building up their street cred to get this movie pretty much yeah. greenlit. You know, they had to like build their street cred with like little movies that got into festivals that won awards. And it's like, okay, that's the stuff I'm so fascinated by. Yeah. And I would love to learn more about because you we hear about like, these established studios who are like, we're going to make a $200 million movie. And then they just decide to do it and then just pluck someone up to be like, okay, and you're going to direct it. But like when you're doing this, and you know, I think most of the people working in the industry, this is how they have to do it. And these are the stories you don't hear as often as the like, Oh, I was plucked out of obscurity by Marvel. And instead it's like, Oh no, yeah. I had to go to film festivals and work my way up from a hundred thousand dollar movie to a $500,000 movie to, a, you know, whatever. Like yeah. that's cool. I love knowing that stuff because that's that's yeah. how the industry actually works. Yeah. And I even brought that up too. I was like, you know, like sometimes you know Marvel just pull like unknown directors to, to direct these movies. Like, and, and that's why I asked. I'm like, hey, what movie do you guys do? Of course, they went with Batman, which I'm like, all right, these guys are now my favorite because they said that, <laughs> you know. But I mean, naturally, but they also brought up Superman and how you know, and I and I probably should have. I, I I almost went. Are you guys aware of all this Snyder cut stuff? <laughs> you know, like, when they started talking about, like, worms. yeah, when they when they started talking about Superman and trying to bring him to the screen because he's you know he's Superman. How do you do that? And I'm like, well, you guys see Man of Steel? <laughs> I almost I almost fucking went, but I was like, ah, I'm, not him, down, I'm not gonna go down that road. I should, probably should have. Maybe next time I will. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, continuing going down. Uh, going around the horn, Mr. Steven, go ahead. Yeah, I'm Steven Colbert. You can follow me on Twitter at SM Colbert. Um, you can find um, the podcasts that I host with uh, Andrew Dice at SnyderMinute.com. We have a Facebook now, uh, facebook.com slash Snyder Minute. Um, so, so check that out. Um, and uh, we got a new episode, a bonus episode for, um, for Snyder Minute um, or for uh, BVS by the Minute coming out uh later tonight dice says so oh, um, wow. either stay oh, up really? if you're a party animal or catch you in the morning <laughs> I know. You're, I know. you do a line of it's... coke you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah all right mr everts and you can find me uh, on twitter mr underscore everts and i'm on real anarchy every wednesday because rebranded the youtube channel so uh yeah you can find <laughs> real anarchy the real emotion podcast every wednesday at 10 o'clock eastern standard time and also on sundays roughly around 7 38 o'clock <laughs> so yeah. uh we'll have a special sunday edition this sunday as well with uh for the ccxp uh this weekend That's right. uh so Forgot about you guys join us. yeah i'm wondering what's gonna um, happen there but yeah oh they're gonna drop a lot of stuff i'm sure it's, gotta, it's so weird seeing people like they're like, I don't even know how to register. Like nobody can figure out. Yeah, that was odd. Like, there's no schedule. There's out. no. Yeah, I figured out a register, and then you actually have to put your passport because you're in America. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Yeah. And then you get your email back. You get have a passport. You have to log in again. It's like holy crap. <laughs> Chris, I think you just got your identity stolen. That wasn't yeah. the CCXP <laughs> website. <laughs> <laughs> put a social in there and everything bank accounts oh, wow that's man. that's crazy um oh and and to come back to me because everyone's not sick of me talking yet um, <laughs> um i as 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 you know i also write for screenrant.com if you're not sick of me talking about the hbo max stuff i do have a lot of what i'm talking about tonight um and more on like what this all means for the industry and specifically hbo max 
Um, probably going up sometime over the weekend. So keep an eye out cool. for there that at Screen Rant. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> That's usually for Garza, though, you know. Yeah, but... oh, I'm going to unload that one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, all right. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys uh, clicking in. Of course, you know what to do. Um, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell. Follow me on all the sock meds that are down below. We got Patreon, too. You know, if you want to do all that, help out the pirate ship and uh, submit your video qu questions. And, of course, we got um, merchandise. Like, uh, you know, if you want to get yourself some exclusivo. You want to get that guy on your uh, on your chest or even your face? Uh, yeah, that's right. There's a mask in there too. But uh, anyways, guys. So uh, as per usual. And also, I'm excited to watch the Snyder Cut because Joss Whedon sucks. Everybody got that? The trifecta, guys. I mean, uh, there we go. That's what's going on with that. Anyways, all right. We love you guys. Thank you for uh, clicking in, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>